Welcome to Keeping It a Hundo. Today's guest is EJ Manuel. I'm your host, Maddie Hundo. I just got back from a trip to Northern Europe. I got to keep it a hundo with you. This episode was recorded a couple weeks ago before I left for Europe. I didn't have time to edit it before I left. But EJ's been on before, so I don't have too much to say. For the intro, uh, he's been on before as a guest. He's been on as a co-host. And now he's on to talk about what he's doing with his professional life, transitioning from NFL quarterback to college football analyst. Before we get to it, I want to mention I will probably be doing something about my trip. Uh, I went to Copenhagen for the first time. That was cool. Copenhagen definitely is a place I recommend. Ireland, not so much, but I'll talk about it on a podcast in the near future. But let's get to it. EJ Manuel's a very close friend of mine. He played six years in the NFL, played at Florida State. He was a dominant quarterback in the ACC. Well, he recently retired from the NFL and he was hired by ESPN who is launching the ACC Network to cover all ACC sports starting August 22nd. EJ will be an in-studio college football analyst this season on the ACC Network. I think it's a great move for EJ. I think he's going to excel in his role. And I feel confident that he'll have a long career on TV. So a couple weeks ago, EJ was down here in Miami staying with me. And we figured, why not let him know what's going on in your world? So this is another conversation with EJ Manuel. So that was my first time at that facility. That show was... Amazing. It was. It was it's really nice. Cool to see they got that down there because they never had stuff like that when I was there. Yeah, well, I worked out there about two or three years ago when I actually was still living in Miami. And uh, they didn't have an indoor facility. And obviously, with it being Miami and being hot and having the rain and all that, I'm sure that helps the uh, the entire program now so they can guys can go in there and get in work whenever they want to. Uh, I'm here with EJ Manuel. You've met him before. You've heard him on my podcast. He's back again. He's back in Miami. Again. We just got back from University of Miami, do, did a little tour of the football facilities. Thank you to London Wood, a.k.a. 50. 50. He gave us a nice little tour. And EJ, tell him, tell him what you got going on and um, why you were down there and why you're here. Yeah, so I just actually got in from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, the ACC Media Day kickoff took place yesterday being, uh, excuse me, on what? Wednesday and Thursday uh, here in mid-July, you know, coming up to the launch of the brand new ACC network and ESPN affiliate station. Be sure to look into it. The ACC network will include, obviously, football, baseball, basketball, but all Olympic sports, track, swimming, softball, golf, all type of basically 24-7 sports from the ACC. So obviously not just games, but it's going to be a lot of stories of talking about what these young men and women are doing off the field and off the court. Um, ACC just, Network is launching August 22nd, I believe. August 22nd, 7 p.m. I'll actually be a college football analyst for the show called The Huddle. Myself, Eric McClain, Jack Collinsworth, and Coach Mark Rick, who coached at Florida State, also at Miami the past year, I think past two years. Yeah, he did a couple years at Miami. Yep, and then uh, obviously I think a lot of people know him from uh, his days at Georgia. Georgia. A great coach, man, great guy. So uh, I'm super excited, man. So we went down to the facilities and we ran into 
some players and some coaches and stuff, and I know you were hoping to, so you could do a little right. homework for the upcoming ACC football season. Yeah, the main thing for me, man, is just to get down on the ground and uh, try to, you know, get a chance to obviously build my contact list. You know, I've been playing in the NFL for the past six years, so I haven't necessarily been able to really spend time, you know, learning the coaches, learning the players. But now that, you know, I've retired and uh, I'm all in as a college football analyst, you know, for me, anytime I come to Miami or say even if I go and visit, you know, somewhere near Clemson or somewhere near Boston College, like I'll try to reach out to somebody and uh, see if I can make my way over to the campus to meet the coaches and bump into some players and just kind of get some intel and uh, maybe some things that I could use during the season on TV. Over at the facility, we saw some of the ex-UM guys working out and Malik Rogier was there and he was... He was off and on the quarterback at UM for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. I guess he's trying to get on with the Dolphins. Right. And then Joku was catching passes. He's an animal. Yep. He had a, a younger brother walk in. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> Guys, it's huge. Wow. I, I wonder if he's going to be the talent that David is. But Yeah. Great player, obviously. Uh, he's had a great – last year he had a great year for the uh, Cleveland Browns, who I think a lot of people are choosing the Browns to be the leader in that division. Um, and obviously they got a ton of talent, so it'll be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if David Njoku at some point becomes, like, the best tight end in the league. I could see it. Yeah. I don't see why not. I mean, it's a lot of great tight ends that are now, you know, dual threats. You got, like, guys like Travis Kelsey that can line up and go against a, a DB. They can go against a linebacker because they're big enough. They can handle the size. They can go in the middle. They can block. Uh, they can run deep routes, vertical routes, comebacks. They can pretty much do everything, so – I think Njoku is just as, as just as athletic as the rest of those guys. Yeah. So going back to you mentioned a few minutes ago that you retired. You retired just recently, a month or two ago. Yeah. Yep. So I was with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll actually give the whole story. So last year, I guess my last season with the Raiders, which was 2017. The 17 football season. Football season. And so that season was cool. Then 2018, re-signed with the Raiders in March. That's when John Gruden had took, took over. Uh, obviously, Coach Gruden was somewhat cleaning house, and uh, he ended up – actually, I played well in the preseason, did well in the training camp. You played really well. Yeah, I watched you, bro. all Appreciate your preseason that. games, and you were putting up numbers. Yeah. You were got, leading the team on scoring drives. Yeah, thanks, man. I got a chance to start the last preseason game against Seattle, and, uh, you know, I looked at that as an opportunity to, like, kind of put the nail in the coffin and, you know, not even make this a question as far as this being a – uh, a competition, although, you know, Connor's a great quarterback. I think he's still playing now, but... You were battling Connor Cook for the backup yeah. job. Yep, exactly. And so everyone's looking at it like, okay, who's playing better, EJ or Connor? Right. And I think it was clear that you were playing better, but the funny thing was is what happened. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, So I think I made the 53. I actually played very well in that last preseason game, which is, you know, two days later, that's where they make the final cuts have the 53-man roster, and you start the season, get ready for week one. Like, through for, I don't know, 250 yards yeah, in, like, like a, half was, a game or whatever it yeah, was, I three quarters of a game. 290 or 280 in three quarters. Okay. Three touchdown passes. It was crazy. Keon Hatcher had a great game. Saeed, uh, Saeed had a great game. Um, Marcus Aiden, Pharaoh Brown, who's now with, uh, with the Cleveland Browns. Um, those guys play well for me, man. And So you're thinking if you ball out, hopefully you make the team because that's no doubt. Well, the, look, the, the way it's set up is compete, play well, right. you, make, you win well, a also job. Also, think about the situation. So I'm playing with all rookies. I'm playing with a very young offensive line. You know, I'm going into my sixth season. So, 
you know, I'm looking at like, hey, I, I need to, I have to play well because, you know, this being the fourth preseason game, one, this is like my last audition for all 32 teams, not just the Raiders, but two, you know, coaches looking at like, hey, this is, you know, they don't have their starters on Seattle playing, although they played, I think, their second team pretty much that first half, and we diced them up, you know, played really well. And uh, it was just uh, pretty crazy. Like two days later, I thought I made the team, get a call from the assistant GM, I have to come in and the GM at the time, Reggie McKenzie, sits me down and uh, they end up releasing me due to them trading for A.J. McCarron, who had uh, been with Buffalo during the preseason. So the funny part of that is, is they decided to pay him yeah. $10 million, right? Yeah, well, they, they took over the contract that he had previously signed right. that offseason with the So Bills. he was already getting ten mil. Yeah, A.J. and I had the same agent, so it was even more awkward, uh. you know what I mean? Like, Todd, my agent, Todd France, had called me and... You know, I was pretty shocked. He said, yeah, they're letting, well, actually, he said they're trading for AJ, So, which I was like, okay, kind of weird, but okay. And then he let on to say, but they're they're releasing us. And uh, I was just like, wow, you know, it was just kind of a blow to the stomach a little bit and just didn't really see it coming. But, you know, that's that's life at the end of the day. That's, that's the NFL, first off. It just, to me, it didn't make a whole lot of financial sense right. signing a backup at that price when yep. they could have kept you or Connor right. at like at a, a veteran minimum exactly. type at a minimum so yeah so and to to a guy who they ended up using what f- five snaps this year right. or something yeah. like it Derek, just Derek played pretty much the entire year I think AJ went in versus the Niners but you know again I mean it's not AJ's fault it's you know obviously coach Gruden wanted to make that decision and uh you know it cost me my job and it cost me you know a season because I got Two workouts with the Redskins. I got another workout with the uh, the Niners during that offseason. And then also a lot of people don't even know I had tore or tweaked my meniscus training during uh, that October. And so I just was trying to, you know, obviously with a meniscus, you can play with that. Like MCL, ACL, PCL, LCL, all those other LC, like CLs, you can't really play with because the pain is so bad. Yeah. But, you know, with a meniscus, you can kind of still get through and it's, you can still run on it. You can still push off of it. But I was in pain, and so I was telling myself, like, hey, the season's almost over with. You know, if you get signed, go out there and play. You know, try to get three, four, five games in, get another accredited season toward my pension. Uh, and that didn't happen. But the good thing is my business man- uh, manager, Humble Lukanga, uh, got me a, a meeting with United Talent Agency, who then led me on to understand that the ACC network is coming out, which is, a, a, again, an affiliate of ESPN. And uh, they felt like I would be a good fit to do, you know, the, the TV role, whether it's calling games or, or being an analyst. And so the rest was history. Before we get to the ESPN ACC Network stuff, can you talk a little bit about the process of being an unemployed quarterback during the NFL season right. and you see a quarterback go down on another team? Yeah, and, like, hearing it from you is, right. is different than what I see. Like, I just see on the news, yeah. hey, uh, uh, the, the, the Redskins lost another quarterback. Right. Uh, so-and-so yeah, broke Alex his leg. Uh, Colt McCoy, I think, broke yeah, his well, leg. Or... Alex got hurt first, and yep. then I went out for a workout, and then Colt McCoy ended up getting hurt a few weeks later. So first, when Alex got hurt, they flew me in for a workout. It was me, Mark Sanchez, TJ Yates, Josh Johnson, Kellen Clemens. I think that was it. And uh, we all throw. I felt Again, I felt like I threw great, hit all my passes, probably went 30 for 30, ended up not getting signed. And really, I thought I was going to get signed because of the Gruden thing, you know, Coach John Gruden and Jay Gruden, I would assume, have the sim- similar right. offense as far as the verbiage. Your former coach, yeah, uh, and his John brother. Gruden. Jay Gruden is a head coach with the Redskins. Yeah, so I'm thinking I'm going to make the team, although I did say my knee was still hurt, but I knew I could still play. Uh, nonetheless, a few weeks go by. They end up, well, actually from that workout, they kept Mark Sanchez. 
And so a few weeks go by, I'm watching the, I think the Redskins in Philly play uh, at my boy uh, Ja's house in LA with my boy Kevin. And uh, we're watching the game and we see, unfortunately, uh, Colt go down with an ankle injury. And the next thing I know, my phone blows up probably like 15 minutes after that. Well, first it was my dad saying, hey, did you see Colt get hurt? And then literally right after that, my agent texted me saying, hey, the skins are about to fly you in for a workout. So Which I, I thought was kind of interesting because I'm like, well, I already worked out for him. You know right. what I mean? So why do I have to work out again? But nonetheless, they called me to set up a flight. And I'll never forget this. They called me, say it's, you know, this L.A. time. So maybe 6.30 L.A. time. The game was on East Coast time. So probably I believe 9, it was like second half of the football second game half. still. Because yeah, so I think I talked to you. Yeah, night. so I'm, I'm, I rush home. I start packing bags. I'm getting ready to fly out to D.C. for the next day to work out. And uh, they call me back <laughs> like two hours after that and more or less cancel. And uh, they end up keeping or they end up bringing in Josh Johnson. So by that time, man, I was like, wow. You know, I was just kind of just that's literally all I could really say was just wow. But, you know, again, you know, I never look at it like being a personal thing or anything like that. Just sometimes coaches, they have guys like, for example, Josh worked with Jay when he was in Tampa, you know, so they knew him. And, and didn't Sanchez have a relationship with the OC? And Sanchez, the yeah. He knew, well, he knew, the, uh, he knew the quarterback coach. Quarterback coach. Um, so, you know, again. It's, it makes it's sense. They of, need people the to learn process exactly. this information yeah, fast. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, exactly. And learn I mean, the offense. You come in off the street and they expect you to go out and practice that day. You know, they probably felt more comfortable with those guys for whatever those reasons are. I don't know. But um, that's what happened. And, you know, for me, it just kind of opened my eyes to start thinking big picture. And I've always done that anyways, you know, always knowing that I can do something beyond just play football, you know. And you can only play football till about yeah. 35, 40 anyway. Exactly, yeah. So. I mean, there's you got, got outliers like Tom and Peyton <laughs> and those guys. They play until they're like 50 almost. But, you know, for even for myself. What about man, George Blanda? You know about George Blanda? How old is he? He played till he was like 50. Wow. Like 48 really? or something. Quarterback? He was a quarterback and kicker. I know that name, yeah. yeah. George Blanda, wow. That's I think he's the oldest. That's amazing. Tarkenton played till he was like 45. To or put your body through that and the mental and the physical strain that it puts on you. But nonetheless, for me, man, you know, I, I knew I had uh, an opportunity with the ACC network. At that time, I didn't have the job. But I did do an audition before that game happened. And I did tell them, like, hey, if I get an opportunity to go and play football, I'll take it. And uh, they were completely cool with it. The whole process with ESPN or with the ACC Network has been amazing. My producers are great. Um, they're awesome. I'm super excited to be working with them now. When they talk about, hey, so-and-so called up, I don't remember, like a Josh Johnson or somebody who gets called who's not playing football. Right. And it's like... He was sitting on his couch last week, and Literally. now, like, that's actually yeah, what's going on. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So, Some guys aren't even working out every nah, week. man, it's crazy. Some guys are there, chilling. There have been guys where I've gone on workouts, and you can tell they haven't thrown a ball, or they <laughs> haven't run, or they haven't been doing anything. Like, obviously, with me in L.A., I was working out at Exos every day. Shout out to my guy, Tim. And I was doing a bunch of, you know, everything. Throwing with Griff, one of my old teammates, Griff Whalen from, from the Raiders. Uh, he and I had both got released, and I think Griff had an injury, too. That might have been why he got let go, but... Once he was healthy enough, we were out there working and throwing. Yeah, it's crazy. You literally go from watching the game at home with, with your friends to being on a plane, and the next week you're strapping up a helmet playing in the game. So <laughs> it's pretty amazing. That's crazy. When they say stay healthy and be ready, they literally mean stay healthy and be ready because you can get caught at any moment. When was the first interview you had with ESPN? The first audition was in Austin at the Texas Longhorn Network. I think that was maybe November, maybe October. They flew me in, did a... Obviously, a practice interview of calling a game. Um, they had a game queued up, and we went through like a quarter of just calling the game. And obviously, me giving my stats, like, oh, or giving my comments about, you know, a play or basically the stuff that Kirk Herbstreit does, you know, for ESPN College Football. 
and Kirk's one of the best. You know what I mean? So I did, you know, study up and watch a couple of his games and just kind of listen to some of the things that he pointed out for the fans and stuff like that. And it went well, but I was more comfortable being more in studio, talking about highlights, watching the games, and then being able to come back to us in the studio and being say, be able to say, like, hey, you know, maybe I would have did this, maybe I would have did that, instead of just being more firing, you know, an answer as soon as something happens, you know, live in action on the game. Do you have any plans as far as where, where you want your path to go? Would you like to do games? Would you? Yeah. I mean, I'm open to both. You know, as a athlete, you know, we always feel flexible that we can almost do anything. So I know with time and practice and just being around the microphone, being around the people, I'll get more adjusted to it. But, you know, I did tell them, like, I told my producers when I was auditioning, they asked me, like, which one would you rather do? And I said, well, I would rather be in the studio. Do you prefer the studio for the less traveling or that's not an issue no it's not the traveling i love traveling i think i just prefer it because it's a set location you're not on the ground and again it's not like i'm calling or making an analysis right after a play mm -hmm. it's different you know yeah, what you I get mean? time to break it down you get time to break things down i can actually watch the game i can watch multiple games actually on different mm -hmm. tvs whatever room they have a set up study study what's going on see the big picture of everything so it's different you know i, I think calling games is Definitely a skill that takes work. You know what I mean? Like I said, Kirk Herbstreit makes it look like it's easy, but it's not. At yeah, all. he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. You take a guy like Romo who just jumped right exactly. in. I mean, the, the, the seamless transition True. he made was unbelievable. True. But I, I've heard that Romo's really good friends with uh, with Nance, his partner. So, you know, Tony might have been practicing this, you know, during his off seasons. Who knows? You know what I mean? We really never know how much practice somebody has put into it. But Tony is obviously one of the best. On the NFL level. And the chemistry in the booth, if you're working with I've somebody that I've you, heard they're, like, really close. Yeah. Like, they go golfing. That helps. They say Tony's, like, a scratch golfer, too. Oh, so he wins the celeb. All the time. He won it last week. Exactly. He's a beast. By a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know I heard. So, um, I did. I, I do know that they're really good friends, and I'm sure that, you know, he made sure that Tony was going to be ready when the time was for him to go to the booth. I noticed uh, they hired some ex-quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. uh, the network did. I, yeah. I saw Ryan Leaf is doing... Uh, analyst, uh, he's doing games. Right. Well, I think Ryan's Pac, with Pac 12 college, or whatever. Or he might be with college football, though. So ACC Network is different. Right. He's not with ACC. He's with yeah. ESPN, though. Right, right. So he's with more specifically ESPN. But as far as ACC, yeah, who else did quarterbacks, the ACC it's uh, Tim Hasselbeck, Matt Hasselbeck, myself. And I think that's it. Both of them are in ACC? Yeah. Wow. So um, Tim has been working on uh, ESPN. NFL, one of the NFL shows on ESPN for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, Countdown or one Countdown, else. something like that. Sunday NFL Countdown. And then uh, Matt recently retired, I think, a year or two ago. And uh, he's, you know, obviously kind of in the same line of, that, of his brother. So, you know, both guys have played a really long time. They have a ton of knowledge. So it was good to see those guys at ACC kick off because I was able to pick their brain and just see how they kind of prepare and all that kind of stuff. The best part about the whole thing is that you're doing this all on your own terms. And you right. get to, you made the decision. You didn't yeah. get forced out of the yeah, league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, know, I actually. Playing. Actually, you didn't tell us about the Chiefs. Right, right. So, I signed with Kansas City in February. Once I had the surgery on my knee, cleaned up my meniscus, I got healthy enough to go out and work out for the Chiefs. They brought me in in February. And this is after two auditions with ACC Network. So, I didn't know if I had the job with them or even the job offer at that time. And so, I was still expecting to play football. Um, work out, they signed me, and obviously, as you know, with OTAs, that doesn't start until April, so I still had... That's the optional practices. Right, optional, or organized team activities oh, okay. uh, during the spring, same thing, but we uh, 
you know, had another two months pretty much before that started. So I just really wanted to give myself an opportunity to make a decision, like whether I wanted to keep playing football or I wanted to do ACC Network. That was my goal going into like this new year. Like once December 31st hit, I told myself like, man, create an opportunity to where you can choose to keep playing football or you can go into another career path because I wanted to do journalism anyways. I got my degree in communications at Florida State. Same so here. I've always, a, I did it. I got it at a better school, but same thing. <laughs> of course, you UM, right? Yeah. Uh, University of Miami, to be exact, um, our, our arch rival in college. But now that I'll be covering the ACC, I got a ton of respect for them. They're and I always have. Even. You got to be unbiased. Yeah, yeah, I'm unbiased for everybody in the ACC. But uh, yeah, I got my degree in that and I knew it would be something I wanted to do post-career. And now that I you know, I did go to Kansas City and went there for two months. You even April got a May. crib out there, a rented yeah, crib out there. Yeah, I rented there. a spot. So I was uh, pretty much set up, and I love Coach Reed. I love working with Pat, Chad Henney. Um, yeah, so you were competing with Chad Henney, who was the uh, current backup, mm -hmm. and it was him and who was the other uh, guy? Chase. Chase. Uh, From He played at uh, he played at Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Chase. And so um, two great quarterbacks that I was competing against. And, you know, I feel like I had a good shot of earning that job. But the, the thing is, both of those guys were there the year before. They brought in Chad to be their backup. They paid him, you know, paid him a lot of money. I think that this year they still owed him however much money. And my, my contract wasn't guaranteed. So I started looking at it like, hey, I didn't play last year. I didn't make, you know, basically any money as far as like a football contract. So, of course, you have investments and things to, to keep you going. But... You know, smart people like you do. Exactly, yeah. You save and you're still good. So I wasn't in the bind financially. It was just more so no I baby wanted... mamas, none of that <laughs> None of that. And so I really just wanted to give myself, you know, the, the best opportunity come the fall to say, hey, I have a job. You know what I mean? I have, well, not even a job. I have a career. And especially knowing that ACC Network was on the table, it's not like these jobs come around every so often. I mean, to me, it was more time, time was of the essence. And I knew I had to make a grown man decision. Now, again, I enjoyed it when I was at KC. I felt like they were giving me a real shot to compete for that backup job. You know, I was thinking maybe now that I'm much less expensive than the current backup, I might have a better shot if I play just as good or better than him. That's always attractive. Right, in training camp. But coming off of that surgery on my knee, not having a guaranteed contract, but also having a guaranteed contract with ACC Network on the table, um, they offered me in March. No, I'm sorry. They offered me... So April, May, they offered me in, in, yeah, in March, the first offer. And then I kept going April, May with Kansas City. And uh, toward May, going into like phase three, which is when you start having actual practices. You have 10 practices in uh, phase three of OTAs. Um, I went to Coach Reed's office and talked to him face to face and let him know that I decided to move forward with my next career, which was the ACC network. And I think at first he was a little shocked just because who really goes to a head coach in the NFL and tells them that they're not going to play anymore, right? But, and it was a hard conversation. I probably thought about this for, man, like probably two months as far as like what, what, what I should do. And then once I made a decision, it probably took me a week to really, you know, muster up the courage to go and tell them. And so once I did it, felt better. Um, the good thing that I'll always appreciate from that a franchise, because, you know, when you, when you tell a team that you don't want to play, they technically can just release you. Right. And of course, once you get released, it goes on TV and just the perception is bad. You know, it looks like, oh, EJ got released in 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 May. Like who gets released in May? And so um, when I did tell them that that I didn't want to play anymore, they said, well, hey, just sign this uh, retirement uh, document. More or less, they still have my rights. They own my rights. If I wanted to go back to the NFL, 
the Kansas City Chiefs franchise would still be able to have the, the first right of refusal to mm-hmm. either keep me or let me go as a free agent, and That's then I cool. could go somewhere else. And I appreciated that, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because, yeah. again, respect. it was respectable, exactly. So that, that said to me that they had respect for me as I had respect for them. And, uh, you know, they, they, they helped me love football again. I, I thought it was a really tough decision, but for you, you made it kind of clear how the idea of, you know, you're tentatively going to have a job in the NFL mm-hmm. as opposed to having a set job on TV. Right. You made a lot of sense out of it and were just like, you know, it's a no-brainer. Right. I, and this is my next career, whether I start at age 29 or right. age 35 exactly. or whatever. That's what I wanted to do anyways. So yeah. strike while the iron's And like hot. you said, man, like not even, to me, it's not even a job. This is, like you, you said, it, it's a career. Yeah. So it's not like I'm just going from a career in the NFL to now a job at a bank or a job at a wherever. This is another career that I feel like I can be really, really good at. Transition into at a high level. Yeah, and at a high level and transition into it right from a career that I already had that was with football. You know what I mean? So yeah. for me, it was like I lived one dream out and now I'm living my second. It's, yep. it's, it's a blessing, man. It's crazy. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you, bro. That's, Appreciate that. That's great stuff. My man. Well, let, well, let me, me ask you a question. What's going on with you? How, how's everything going on with Matty Hundo? What's, oh, what's going on with you, man? Living the dream. Out here in beautiful Miami. Summertime. For you guys that don't know, Matt frequents uh, Miami and Chicago. Uh, he's a man of, of many miles. He travels all over the world. If you guys haven't checked out his, uh, his Instagram page, Hundo Eats, at Hundo Eats, H-U-N-D-O-E-A-T-S. That's correct. If Check you're it looking out. for food recommendations. It's amazing, man. I don't just post everything I eat on there. I post stuff that's Locations. amazing. Yeah. And, and it's I'm posting it for a reason is right. what I'm saying. Well, like, I'll I don't tell just you this. take every meal. and. I've been following that page for quite a long time. And anytime I'm in those cities, I go right to your page and just check out, like, hey, maybe Matt has a spot or a certain dish that I could try. So I appreciate you. For all, for all you that are food lovers, which is, should be everybody, go check it out. I know a little bit about food. I see. Uh, how, how'd I do today? Bro, so what was the <laughs> name of that place again? I'm sorry. North Italia. North Italia in Mary Brickle Village here in Miami. Delicious. We had uh, salmon. We had With chicken. like a, a farro pesto underneath the oh chicken. Oh my God. It was like... I mean, a farro pesto underneath the salmon. Right. Well, we shared it first. So we had the salmon with whatever you call farro, okay? And then we also had chicken parm with some pasta. Rigatoni. Rigatoni. And then before that, we had a kale salad, which was delicious. Maybe the best kale salad Which was ever. delicious. So if you guys are in the Miami area or in the Brickell area, you have to check it out. Highly recommend it. Great location. Great place to sit indoors or out. Right. People watch and yep. ton of ton of activity going on over there, man. But what would you say as far as food, since we're on that topic, what would you say is like your favorite spot or favorite dish or like in, what do you in Miami yeah well not even like in the world like as far as like when you go to a restaurant because I know you go to restaurants for an experience mm-hmm. like food to you is like an experience almost like your guy Anthony Bourdain mm-hmm. rest in peace you know yep. for me I, I that's something I've always admired about you is like that kind of like helped me see a bigger view as far as when I do travel like go out and try food don't just go to you know Applebee's or, or not even, Red Lobster like, not even the, that the but like, people people will say oh I really like Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Exactly. So they Which look great. for the Ruth Chris right. in every city they go to. Right. And, and you end up eating the you're same not getting thing. a feel or of even that Cheesecake city, Factory. Though. Like for me, I'm a huge Cheesecake Factory fan. It's <laughs> yeah. not even because of the cheesecake. Yeah. I it's love the their food. miso salmon. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I know what I'm going to get. I know it's going to taste good. I know how it's going to be. But what would you say is something you look for when you go to like restaurants and, it's, and stuff it's like that? It's honestly like a, it's a combination of things. Sometimes I'm going somewhere liter- literally for an experience. Right. And it's not about, oh, this is going to be the best food I've ever tasted. Mm-hmm. But you go to a place like Alinea in Chicago, right. 
and it's a ridiculous price. It's impossible to get a reservation. But is it is it worth it? Like as far the as you're experience saying the price is amazing. Is I mean they're bringing out balloons with strings attached to them, mm-hmm. and the string and the balloon is dessert. Oh, what? and then when you eat it, wait, wait, what? The string is candy. You can it, but it looks the, like a string. You can eat the string. The okay, balloon I got it. is like I don't even know. It's How like some it? type of candy that they blew up into yeah, it look see, like a balloon. That's an experience. And then you eat it, and when you eat it, it's all helium in it. So you start talking crazy to oh, each that's, other. Like, oh, that's dope. Stuff like that. They're bringing out, um, uh, like a like a bowl with leaves, and it's on fire, and right. it's like a it's like a fire in the backyard. Right. But then they have food underneath it that's right. getting that smoky flavor from the leaves, and it, it's it's that an experience. You have like to take me, bro. That's, stuff like this that sounds is, great. It's crazy. So like I like trying stuff like that. Do I want to eat at a place like that every day? No, of course not. Right. That's like a once every few months or once every six months. And what's the name of that restaurant? So Alinea. Alinea. Okay. Yeah, it was the number one restaurant in the U.S. a couple years ago. Right. And well, it's still one of the top. I got a funny story when we're talking about food experiences. All right, you ready for it? So I went to London last year. I'll be there in a week. Okay, so look, maybe you could try this place. I think I told oh, you. Oh, you told this. me the dock place. Yes. So I'm gonna tell our, our, our listeners here. So guys, I went to a restaurant in London. A friend of mine that lives in London. She's from there, and uh, she said like, "Hey, let's go to this spot. Let's check it out." And so I said, "Yeah, of course." Like I was down, and um, you know, I had no idea that it was a. All right, so let me just tell you what happened. So we get there. We walk in, it's a beautiful restaurant, although it's not, we, they kind of take you into a room first, okay? And you choose, they give you like a menu that you choose between if you want a meat, if you want, I guess, a fish, or if you want something vegetarian. And it's like a full course or three or four course meal yep. for each one. I'm cool with places that It was amazing. Plan out your I food. actually like that. I'm fine with it. Was, it, it I like it's, one of the, it's one of the few times I've done that, and I, I actually appreciate it because I don't have to like, necessarily look at a menu yep. to, to choose a specific and dish. give me what you do well exactly and that's what they do did. well and the food was the food was tremendous but what i didn't realize is that they told us to leave all of our belongings our cell phones all everything that we i guess had on our person in like a little cubby hole so i'm like all right it's kind of weird like i guess this is a high profile spot they don't want people taking pictures yep so like those parties you go to <laughs> but we'll get into right that LA, right no, just kidding but anyways uh out comes one of the the waiters okay and I didn't realize that he was blind until he got up close on us and introduced himself. And so I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. Like, they have people that, you know, have a disability that are still working. I felt like that was amazing. But he tells us to grab, like, basically he gets in front and we grab each other's shoulder as we're walking into this, uh, into the room. The room's pitch black. Bro, I, I, like, I didn't freak out then. But I was like, okay, this is like dope. You can't see the hand you in front of your face. I'm talking about you, it's black. Yeah. All right? It's like no light anywhere. Yeah. So he guides us to our seats. We sit down. And she had done this before, too. And, you know, so she, she was good. She was, she was like, all right, this is cool. Like, we're talking. And I'm not, you know, a huge phobia guy, but I guess I do have a little bit of claustrophobia, which I think anybody does, especially I'm a big guy. So, like, MRI machines, they freak me out. My at dad. First. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's typical. You know what I mean? I had a bad experience at the combine, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> but <laughs> so I'm sitting down, and, you know, it's uh, people sitting next to us, and, you know, we're talking, and I'm fine. All right. The guy next to me, though, says, and he's an American guy. The guy next to me is like, oh, what's up, man? You know, good, good to have somebody else. Where are you from? I'm telling him all this stuff. He was like, well, look, if you get freaked out, just look up to the top right corner. It's like a little, little, like little dot of light. So if you get freaked out, just know you can look up ah. there. But it freaked me out. It like it was the opposite for me. You know what I mean? Like so once I saw that and I consciously started thinking, it's like, like that's freedom and that's all. That's you know, bad. for There's real, I almost else. felt like I was in like an MRI machine, or I felt like I was like in an enclosed area with no light. So I instantly freak out. I start sweating. 
um, I asked to leave. And of course, I can't get up and walk out because I can't see in front of me. So if I get up and start running out of this place, might trip, I might trip. Might I might, might hurt somebody. Table. Yeah, like somebody falls over on a knife. Like who knows, right? And so I calmly say, uh, I raise my hand, but still nobody can see, right? I know, but naturally. Hold on, right? hold on, hold on. <laughs> you raise your hand in a pitch black room with blind waiters. Uh, mind you, I'm freaking you out. So listen, I'm freaking out. It doesn't matter, okay? So I do what, what came natural. I raise my hand. All right, then I said, uh, sir, I forgot the, ra- the waiter's name. Maybe it's, uh, David, maybe. I said, David. You sure it wasn't Daniel? Started with a D, nonetheless. Okay. Hey, D, can you come help me out, right? And so he comes over. He's like, hey, is everything good? I was like, listen, I just need to step out. I'm actually getting hot talking about it. I, I said, I need to step out. And I, I go to the restroom. My friend comes out. And uh, she's like, yo, do you want to leave? It's all good. Like, it's not a big deal. We don't, I, you know, it wasn't like it was a date, too. Like, we were just, like, friends, you know? And so she was like, there's no pressure. We don't have to, like, hang out here. It's cool. And I was like, nah, you know what? I'm good. So for me, it was more of a thought of, like, I need to get over my fears. Because, you know, it's funny when people are like, oh, you're afraid of the dark. But if people really put themselves in a situation where it's truly, like, pitch black dark, and you, I guarantee people couldn't sit in that for five, longer than five minutes. Because you get you get in your own mind, you start thinking all this crazy stuff. But nonetheless, uh, the dinner was amazing. I, I do go back in, I sit down, I chill out. Um, they bring out you know some drinks, some some wine and stuff. And uh, the, the food was actually amazing. And the, the the thing that made it even better was that you can't see it. So mm-hmm. like your your senses and mm-hmm. your you know and your your taste buds, your uh, olfactory. Your, your nose exactly. and your mouth. Your smell, you exactly. Use all that. Use all of that to kind of see like, hmm, am I eating fish or what type of fish is this or what's this vegetable? So the three courses were great and uh, it was actually a really cool experience once I finished. That's what I'm talking about. Like yeah. food experiences. It's different than yeah. I want to go eat a good burger. Right. I mean, which is fine. Which is cool. That's yep. just a different thing. I agree. Uh, are you familiar with the Michelin Guide for I'm food? Not. No. So there's only a couple cities in the U.S. that use it. Mm-hmm. But it's an old thing that Michelin, the tire company, right. created for food restaurants. Okay. And there's restaurants that have three stars, not many of them. Mm-hmm. There's two stars and there's one star. Right. And each star was based on, if you get three stars, it's a place you can you will travel to. Right. Like it's a destination to go eat. Right. Like there's places in Napa, mm-hmm. like uh, French Laundry. Okay. You hear like yeah. Drake talk about yeah, French Laundry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I've met. I've actually met the the manager of French Laundry when so you were living out we there. Ever, well, yeah. Well, I got his. That's got his huge. Contact. If we that's got, huge because yeah, reservations make that there. I've that's never been there, us. and I actually need so to go. So I met him at like a dinner with Derek and some other quarterbacks. But if we ever want to, if we're ever in Napa together, we got to go. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. I need to go there. Yeah, that's yeah. an experience. Exactly right. Um, that place. Uh, I'm not sure how many stars it has, right. but I think it's a three or a two. Right. And so those ones are the ones you travel to. Then okay. there's ones that are worth. Uh, making, making like that's the actual destination right. of the trip. Like that's the reason you're going to go yes. to French Laundry. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, to go to Napa is to eat at French right. Laundry. Exactly. And then there's two star places which are like, oh, okay, if you're in that city, if you're traveling, check this out. This is a place to check out. Got and it. one star is if you are you if you happen to be in that city, you live right. there or something, it's worth checking out. Well, so I got. I got. Besides yeah, that, right. those are those are expensive restaurants though. Mm-hmm. They have like a, even like a price threshold and whatnot. Right. But then they have another guide which they came out with, which I really like. It's called the Michelin Bib Gourmand. Okay. Which these words don't mean anything, but it's a less expensive version of the Michelin restaurants. Okay. So everybody. Those are some of the best. Really. Like they have yeah, and they just have like them straight spots. Just like yeah, they yeah. have them in most major cities in the U.S. The, the Bib Gourmand one, and you can find. If you follow that that guide, that's you're, a great guide good. to eat good, yeah. Right. And well, a lot me, of people are unaware of it. I'm curious because I, I think our, our listeners would be curious about this too. I know, you know, say when you go to a restaurant, you eat your dish, and you finish, and you're like overly stuffed, right? 
Do you feel like when the food is better prepared or more organic, it shouldn't necessarily make you feel overly like tired or lethargic? Yeah, or, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've noticed that when I go to eat with you, these spots that are really nice, and it's not even about the dollar amount, right? It's just the quality and yeah, the experience. Yeah, yeah. I feel like like for now, we ate about- We just paid 30 bucks. Right, 30 bucks. We split it. You know what I mean? But the food was delicious, right? But even now, we ate, what, two hours ago or an hour and a mm-hmm. half ago? I'm still hungry. Not yeah. still hungry, but it was no, like- you're good. I'm good, exactly. You know what I mean? So- I feel like that's something that I guess that's more of a question. Would you agree, you know, that if you eat better food, you know, it's kind of like higher quality food settles your stomach, better ingredients. Yeah. If you eat healthier, you you don't get that, that heavy feel sluggish. Right. Yeah. Stomach's all hanging over your your pants and all that. But yep. So enough about food, man. I'm curious. We got NBA. Well, we just passed NBA free agency, right? We got to talk about this. I love it. We got to talk about this. First off, you're a Boston Celtics fan. Okay. Huge. Through and through. Right. They got my man Jay Tatum, baller, okay? Phenom, going to be a soon... I think he could be a Hall of Famer, I think. And I think a lot of people agree with that. That's why they haven't traded him. Right. But obviously, Kyrie leaves Boston. Fine, great. See you later. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't do it. Don't I'll help him no, pack wait, his wait, bags. Wait. I'll Listen, give him a ride no, to the airport. come on. Don't do that, bro. Kyrie, See you later. Kyrie is an... He's an I he know you, I know, for Boston. But wait, I know you know that he's an amazing player. Absolutely. We can't just dismiss him I don't like dislike that. him. Kyrie leaving Boston. He did Boston. nothing for Boston. Kyrie leaving Boston is, you know, don't get me wrong, because they got Kemba Walker, and that's why I was trying to lead on to. They got Kemba coming in. Who's but, who's not as good as Kyrie, but he's not that much below him. I, well, I mean, he's similar. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're talking like 1A, 1B. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, it's so not like a, a like a big step back. Did they keep Rozier? Where's no, Rozier? No, no, no. He Where's, was signed and trade, sent him to Charlotte. Charlotte. He's taking Kemba's job. Got it. Okay. I like him too, man. He yeah, played well that, yeah. that playoff game. That playoff he's series. good. But, of course, we got I live in L.A., so we got to talk about the Lake Show. That's going to be fun. And we got to talk about the Clippers. It's going to be fun. What I you, like what I did think you the think Clippers. Of, what, did you, what did you think of the Clippers bringing in Ka- Kawhi Okay, and so PG? I'm I'm sleeping at my parents' house. I'm visiting them. I'm up in Boston and I woke up in the middle of the night to take a piss. Mm-hmm. And I checked my phone and I had a notification that said Kawhi signs with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And Paul George is going there too. <laughs> right. It was like 4 in the morning. Yeah. I was getting up at 6 30 mm-hmm. to go skimboarding okay. out at the beach. Nice. And I woke up at four and I couldn't get back to sleep. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. And I had a really long day. I was right. going to my boy Mav's party. It was a long day. I had the skimboarding. I couldn't sleep. I was yeah. like, I can't believe this just happened. Right, right, right. So that yeah. whole thing was crazy. I'd love to see the Clippers dominate LA right. and win a championship. They've been the the bottom of the NBA for yeah. so long. Just because the of Donald Sterling stuff. Right, exactly. I love Doc Rivers. Right. I've always Same. been a big a Doc Rivers coach. fan. Yeah. Crazy that Doc Rivers is coaching Paul George, mm-hmm. who used to go out with Doc's daughter. Oh, I didn't and know that. Knocked her up, if I remember correctly. Really? And then Paul ended up cheating on Doc's daughter with a Miami stripper. <laughs> and now he has one or two children with the stripper. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. Well, yeah, I mean that. He's coaching I, them now. Yeah, well, I think nonetheless, though, those two guys been on the same team. You add those guys with uh, Pat Beverly, Harold. You gotta love having. And then you Pat got the Beverly. sixth man. That's probably one of, besides Jamal Crawford, I think one of the best six men that the NBA has ever seen. And well, Lou I mean, Will. Lou Will might pass Jamal. Like that's what I'm saying. You know, his career because he's might still get young. He still keep playing. I think they got a really good shot. But I mean, Montrez, listen, yeah. On the other side, you got the king, LeBron. LeBron James. Okay, so you're. Approximately ten years younger than me. Okay. So you're a big you're you're LeBron's generation. Correct. So I remember. I'm not a LeBron guy, and that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I feel like I was kind of in the crossover between where Kobe, like I remember seeing Kobe, 
go to the NBA, announce. I was I, I can't remember how old I was, maybe seven. He or was eight. my year, right? But I was Kobe's maybe, my year of high school. Got it. So I was maybe seven or eight. That makes sense. So eight, you know, ten year difference. But I remember seeing that. So I've obviously seen Kobe's entire career. I remember seeing toward the latter ends of Michael Jordan's career, like the flu game. You know, passing by Brian uh, was it Brian Russell? Brian Russell, yeah, knocking Utah. down the J, holding up the you know holding up the form is amazing. But LeBron, man, to add. Who, who we got? We got AD coming over from the Pelicans, which we all kind of knew or kind of assumed. You got Boogie Cousins coming through. Kuzma on the wing. Kuzma on the wing. You got Quinn Cook coming from over at yep. uh, the Warriors, He's playing with a ton of confidence. Really good backup Great point player. guard. Uh, who else do they bring in? Um, I can't remember. Nonetheless, even, uh, JaVale McGee. JaVale He's McGee. Back. So, I mean, you they add two bigs. or three, like, good bigs. They're, di- they're deep. You know what I mean? And then they got some young guys that were really good, too. You still got Caldwell Pope, who's a great shooter. You got... The point guard that used to play for Boston. I hate that I'm forgetting his Rondo? name. Rondo? I don't yeah, think he signed. Yeah, no, he resigned. He resigned. I saw he did? That just I saw it recently, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I saw that they were bringing Rajon back. Wow. Um, so, I mean, listen, as long as the King stays healthy, obviously we saw that ended up last year. Let me let me break this down for you. I know Magic was before your time, but, mm-hmm. like, they said LeBron's going to play the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, look at him playing right. the point and Magic playing the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty... Well, if you think about it... LeBron's more athletic. But think about this, though. Better defender. Most people will say LeBron... Because, you know, everybody tries to compare LeBron with Kobe and Mike, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're, you know, the GOATs. But most people have always... Like, my dad, for example... His style of play is more magic. My dad's a huge basketball IQ. He says it's more like magic. Yeah. Because he's tall. He's big. You know, Magic could, the ball. Magic could play the one through the five. Bron could play one through five. He can yep. guard you. He can shoot you. He can run by There's you. There's only a couple players in history that yeah. have been able to play one through five. Right. And I know. There, there are two of them. Right. Well, look, let's go back to even KD. Obviously, he had the injury, but KD and Kyrie joining up in Brooklyn. I think that's going to be really interesting, too. Well, KD's going to be out for yeah, a lot of the season. Months, or, right. You know. Yeah. But when he is healthy, and we all hope that he does come back the same guy. And I think he will. I think with rehab and, you know, the technology. The problem nowadays, is, is that that. That's the injury that Kobe had. nobody has ever really fully come back from. I think he can, though, man. I think so. Yeah, he's, I, I, I mean, he's he what, can. 30, 29? He's young. Yeah, maybe. Well, he might be 30 or 31. I think he might be a year, uh, maybe a year or two older than me. I'm 29, so he might be pushing 31. But nonetheless, I mean, he's still super young, super talented. You got uh, Russell Westbrook headed to Houston. Added with his old teammate and uh, it doesn't like on paper it doesn't make sense. Well, but if you look at it, it out, of course, of course, of course, they're I both mean, great players. I think I think the way that if you go back and and this is just me in my opinion, if you look at how James played last year or the past couple of years when he's been doing his thing, triple doubles, like knocking like 50, 60 points and all that, I think he was shooting like that because he had to. His team wanted him to do that. It, it was designed. It was to designed do that as well. for him, so it wasn't like he like he completely had the green light. Now you add a Russell Westbrook. That adds another guy who's a triple double walking around. Like Russ gets on the court, it's a triple double. You let's know what I mean? not let's not forget that two years ago, when he, uh, Chris Paul's first year, mm-hmm. they should have won the championship if right. he didn't pull his hamstring. Right. They were ready to knock out Golden State. Yeah, true. So with Harden and Paul playing together, it mm-hmm. worked that year. Right. There's no reason why it. Although. Paul makes more sense because he can knock down yeah. open threes. Well, where Russ is in us. Uh, Russ is really like James. a hybrid point guard. Like he can go by you, he'll dunk on you, but he can shoot too. Russ? Russ. Russ was historically the worst shooter in history this season. You have to show me some stats on that then because. No, that, the stats. Oh, well, this season, sure. This season, but his career, he's never been a good shooter. Bro, I, all right. The he's games that I've seen, shooter. the games that I. Terrible though. Come Terrible. On. These are these are. But see these. All right. So this is. Me. I love Russ. Wait, wait, too. This is me. I love Russ. Listen, this is me as an athlete saying this. First off. Nobody's terrible. 
First off, I'm just correcting your adjectives here. He shoots in the 20 percent. Okay. For three. And he's a three. And he's a he's a, a multi-year all-star. Yeah, because he does everything else down, really well. And that's fine. That doesn't mean he's a good shooter. But it doesn't, you gotta say terrible. Not, he's not a not below just, average shooter. Is and that's a fine. Fact. That's, that's fine. a fact. That's he fine. shoots I'm below just, the I'm just average checking, NBA I'm just shooter. checking the adjectives, bro. That's it. All right. That's it. Because I, I just I dislike when. We as if fans, I if I, if if I were to say fan. EJ Manuel is a terrible quarterback, for sure. that's coming from a, a kid who barely started in high school. That's all I'm like, saying. Guys, so right? to me, yeah, so. I'm just like that's fine if that's somebody's opinion, right? But I just think we just got to change the verbs. That's all I was trying to say. Still love you, bro. Yeah, if I go, <laughs> if I if I'm accurate, I would say, and it's true, he's a right. below average wise, NBA shooter. Sure, the numbers the numbers say that, and numbers do not lie. The but nimb- nonetheless, the numbers, yeah, that's my Virginia accent, right? <laughs> but nonetheless, I think that he adds a, a, a huge like obviously he's a huge asset coming to Houston. I mean, they already have some really good other players in Capella and P.J. Tucker. So, I think the West is very deep. I mean, Golden State got uh, the guy from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? So, it's going to be interesting, man. I think these guys are going to be really good. Absolutely. All right, EJ Manuel, are you ready to keep it a hundo? Let's go. If you had to win one NFL game this season, who would you want playing quarterback? The Tom Brady. You still going with Brady? Of course. At whatever, however old he is, 41. Yeah, going with Brady. If you had to win Game 7 of the NBA Finals and you had to ha- if you could pick one NBA player to be on that team, who would it be? They're all healthy. KD's healthy. LeBron's healthy. Man, Kevin Durant. You going I'm with a, KD? Man, yeah, bro. Honestly, I love them all, but like KD is, is different, bro. And he's from the DMV, so I'm definitely yep. going to go with KD. Good stuff. If you could visit one city in the United States that you've never been to, where would you go? Hmm. Somewhere warm. So I'd say anywhere. All right, I'd say like Cannes or Cons or however you pronounce it. No, no, no. It. In the U.S., I said. Oh, in the U.S. Do it again. Just start over again. I would say in the U.S. Because I feel like I've been everywhere, man. And I live in L.A. And that was one of my favorite cities. Okay, I, so I'll give you, I'll give you um, an easier out. Yeah. There's cities you've been to that you like played in, but mm-hmm. you didn't really get to see. Okay, so you easily, can use one of those. Easily Chicago, Illinois. Okay, easily. Like I, 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 that was. I think we played there. My September, second year. I remember because I was in Chicago that day and yeah. I couldn't make it to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We it was played like there my September second year. September 10th, 2015. Early in the year. Fifteen. So like the the opening, the opening game that Sunday. Thirteen. Third. No, fourteen. Yeah, it was my second year. We actually, That's the uh, only time you've ever been there. Yeah, we were huge underdogs. They had Jay Cutler. They had a bunch of good players. Uh, Forte. They had a good defense, and we beat them. So I would say Chicago. I really didn't get a chance to like really see the city, although mm-hmm. you know we stayed there overnight, but I didn't get to see anything. I think we can make that happen. I know you're a Chicago <laughs> I live guy. There. Yeah, I know exactly. Surprised I haven't been yet. I know. If you could visit, same same question. If mm-hmm. you could visit any city in the world that you've never been to, where would you go? Man, I, I think I want to go to like Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of friends of mine, um, actually Deshaun was telling me he went to Jerusalem. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I went to Jerusalem on, on, on a trip, and he said it was amazing just seeing, you know, these historical places. When we talk about history, obviously, I'm from Virginia, so I love history as far as, like, our U.S. history. But, I mean, we talk about Jerusalem. We talk about one of the most holy cities of, of all time. You know what I mean? So, I think I would definitely want to go to Jerusalem. You been to Jamestown? Yeah. yeah. I used to go uh, all the time when I was in school. I've never been. Is it, like, Actually, bro, still, listen, like, they make it look like it's, it's like, really old cool. school? It's or? really cool. Yeah, people still dress up. They act like they do the colonial thing. stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, I think, especially, like, when you have, you know, like, some of your nieces and nephews or kids and stuff, take them out with you because as a child growing up, it kind of made me love history and appreciate it, just knowing that these are how people, this is how people lived 
400 years ago. It's kind of how it is where I come from. Yeah, you in know? Boston, of course. We have, we have houses in my hometown that have been there. From the 1700s. 1600s. Yeah, it's, they, it's and you, you go there on field trips and they're churning butter and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, seeing like, man, that's how people live. Like, <laughs> yeah. we got it so good now. Uh, last question. Yep. It's not a death row meal because you've already done a death row meal with yeah. me. It's the Last Supper. You can invite three people. Mm-hmm. People you've never met. Okay. An athlete, a rapper, and an actor. An athlete, rapper, and actor. Yeah. Right. And again, these are people I've never met. Somebody you'd want to meet. All right. So an actor. I'm sorry. Current. Actor. Not not like an old retired yep. person. An actor. Easily Denzel Washington. Because I know he would come. He'd probably have some, you know, have some good food. And then. He'd have great some, stories. Yeah, stories and wisdom. And, you know, I actually wouldn't mind getting into acting one day. Uh, athlete. I'll talk to Denzel for you. Yeah. Because I've met him. So. Oh, I, did you really? Yeah. In, in Italy. Oh, wow. You yeah. never told me about this. I have told you. I actually told the story on... Uh, on the pod? Yeah, like, a couple weeks ago. That's fire, bro. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as an athlete, I want to pick a female athlete, too. That's that's like a beast. One person comes to mind when you say that for me. I know. I think Serena Williams, yeah. right? But She's a legend. Yeah, she is a legend. I mean, yeah, she's the most dominant athlete of yeah. possibly of I guess I didn't want to say Serena because I want... You know, to make it seem like I was like, oh, I'm trying to hit on Serena. I'm not. Like, I, I honestly just. <laughs> this, ain't, this isn't about that. Of course, yeah. I, I just love have her. A good combo. I love her as an athlete, man. She's amazing. I think that she's been able to stay at such a high level for such a long time. That That's, you know, miraculous, truly. So is, is it her or not? I'll tell you, yeah, I, I'd say Denzel, Serena, and the, and the third one was a musician, you said? Yeah. Snoop Dogg, bro. <laughs> He'll be Dogg. lighting up the whole meal. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> good stuff. <sighs> Thanks for keeping it in a hundo. Always, always keeping it in the hundo. Appreciate you having me, bro. All right, we got to go get another workout in. Yes, sir. Make sure you check out EJ on the new ACC Network starting August 22nd. He'll be on a show called The Huddle. That's two days before the college football kickoff, which is Miami playing against the Florida Gators on August 24th. So we'll see what EJ's got to say about that. Like I said, I'll have a pod coming up soon about my travels to Northern Europe. I went to London, Copenhagen, Ireland, Northern Ireland, and I definitely like some places more than others. So stay tuned. I'm going to keep it a hundo with you about those locations. Thanks for listening to Keeping It a Hundo.